How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the Talking Buds podcast. I'd just like to apologize off the top. I had some technical issues with my microphone this week. Our miracle producer, Ryan, did his best to fix it and make it listenable, but I apologize that it is not up to the standards of what we usually present to you every week, and we promise we'll be back to normal next week. Sorry about that. Thank you once again for downloading, and enjoy this week's episode. The following is a Furnish Brothers production. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Talking Buds podcast. It is the Talking Buds podcast. It's the Talking Buds podcast, folks. Talking Buds podcast. Season two, Talking Buds podcast. Let's go. All he's got to do is get in the weight room and, oh, baby, he'll be a good pro in no time. Good pro. Stinks. Absolutely stinks. Stanley Cup? How about let's just run around? What a dummy. You just know that Babs was looking to see if there was any gas left in the tank of that good pro. This, this, this. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. Rob and Ryan. What is up, everybody? Welcome to yet another edition of the Talking Buds podcast. I'm Rob. He's Ryan. What is going on? Another week, another episode. Here we go. And Ryan, this, like, I feel like I say this every week when we jump on here, but this is yet another eventful week, and it was mostly good things. You know, the, the um, since we last spoke, they had two preseason games against the Buffalo Sabres, and even though they won one and lost the other, I thought they looked good in both. They... Their American Hockey League team beat the Montreal Canadiens on Monday night. And then tonight, in what was sort of a dress rehearsal, the Maple Leafs absolutely dominated the Montreal Canadiens for three straight periods. Yeah, they absolutely ran them into the rink tonight, dude. Like, it 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 was a beating. But that's not all the news. That has happened in the last week, Ryan. And unfortunately, we have to start tonight with some rather disappointing news. Um, I'm sure everyone who's listening to us knows about it by now. Austin Matthews has been charged with disorderly conduct. The charges stem from an incident that happened outside of his condo complex in May. Um Like I said, anyone who's listening probably knows what happened. But just Cole's Notes version, he and a couple of his buddies... Out at 2 o'clock in the morning, gooned, decide that it would be funny to mess with a female security guard while she's sitting alone in her car. Um, the woman in her car obviously is frightened by this and takes issue with it and tries to speak to or reprimand them. And um, Matthews proceeds to pull his pants down and moon her. Not a full moon. His boxers were still on, apparently, but 
nonetheless, um, yeah. So I don't, I don't really want to get into like our takes on the severity of the incident, Ryan. I, I that there was a lot of that going on, on Twitter last night, and it got really ugly. Some people think it's a bigger deal than others. Um, I, I, I want to come at it from this standpoint. I am incredibly disappointed in Austin Matthews. I'm disappointed that he doesn't know better at this point that you are at this point, a public figure, you're getting paid a lot of money, not just with the Toronto Maple Leafs. The national hockey league is eventually looking at you to become the face. If not, if not already the face of USA hockey, you're on the cover of the video game and you're too dumb to realize that doing this might not be a good idea. I'm incredibly disappointed. Your thoughts? I honestly, man, I agree with everything you just said. And I I kind of tried to rationalize it, be like, you know what? Everyone does silly things in their 20s. People who are a little bit older now can think of back when they're in their 20s. I'm still in my 20s. I, I've made some mistakes, but... What it really boiled down to me was like, even at my most gooned being an NHL player or not, I would never, ever, ever do that. It's just like, listen, we, we applaud Austin Matthews for, for bucking the trend in the National Hockey League. You know, he dresses flashy. He's got the mustache right now. He's a cool guy. He's not your typical John Tavares, boring hockey player, but all that said, when you are paid the money that he's being paid, a responsibility comes with that. You have to conduct yourself as a professional and with some decorum away from the rink. And that's not what he did here. And, and it doesn't even matter if you're making $11 million or not. What he did is just like, like, why couldn't you just go do something else stupid? Like, just the fact that somebody, if it was like Austin Matthews was trying to get into a locked car to steal something, like, well, the, whatever. Like, I, everyone, I hear the stories of people car hopping, but it's the fact that it was a woman inside a car and they were trying to get in and it's, it's like, uncomfortable for her and it's like, what are you doing? Like, it's just, it's, it's something that he's probably going to learn from. There's been a lot of other players in this league Patrick Kane, who have made mistakes and have come back from it. So I think we're all going to move on from this. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's not a great look. It's it's not a great look. You expect more out of him. Exactly. And he, he addressed it today. It was a very quick. Um, he took some heat today for the way he addressed it. In fairness to him, he... It's there's a legal proceeding going on right now, so he can't really talk about it. So I understand why maybe he the, the apology was lackluster, lackluster for some, but um, yeah, it's it's really disappointing. And with this, Ryan comes some follow. You know, like to me, the most shocking thing about this, and it just adds to the issue, is the Maple Leafs organization didn't find out about this till yesterday. There is. No way they're happy about that. No way. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a big problem. That's a problem. They said no it doubt tonight it. on the broadcast multiple times. You know, you the, the Leafs should have been the third phone call. You call 
your lawyer or your parents, one of those two first and second, then you call the hockey team and let them know what's going on. He didn't do that, which I find concerning because it lets me, it, it kind of makes me think that he doesn't quite understand um, consequences and he sort of thinks he's a little invincible because Bob McKenzie said tonight that summons was sent to him in the mail. So he, he lives by himself in Arizona. So it's probably sent to his um, condo mailbox or whatever. And he kept him, kept it to himself and didn't say anything. Cause you gotta admit, you gotta wonder, like, even if his parents knew, you'd think they would say, you have to tell the Leafs. You have to tell Kyle, you have to tell Shani, you have to say something. So he clearly told no one hoping that this would just blow off, blow over, which is another sign of immaturity. Exactly. Super That's a concerning. classic teenage, early twenties move. Just hope it goes away and I don't get in trouble. Cause he, he wussed out big time, not telling them. Yeah. And it make it makes it look way worse. Like, how stoked do you think Babs was today, having to do a media scrum answering questions about this? Probably not stoked. Yeah, I don't really feel bad for Babcock to be honest with you, but in that yeah, in that is, position, it, I feel a, bad for him. He should. It's not yeah. fair to put anyone in that position, right? Yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a problem. Like it's just it's but it's happened and. It's probably gonna blow over, and let's let's keep on marching and hopefully learn from it. That's basically the only thing we can walk away thinking. At the end of the uh, game tonight, TSN on SportsCenter showed a video of the woman. She appears like you don't see anything. It's just and the camera sort of pointed at a wall, and she, you hear her describing the incident to. Uh, it's it's like her giving her statement, and she's talking directly about Matthews and how he. It's just it's she's really um, making it known that he didn't appear to have any remorse for his actions. So this just continues to pile up on him. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out now that it's in a court of law. Obviously, there's there's other ramifications like this. Like we all anticipated that come Sunday, Monday or Tuesday, they were going to name Austin Matthews the captain. Um, that more than likely will not happen now. Um and you know what? I sat here two episodes ago on a show that we called Captain Statues, and I said that Awesome Matthews was my choice for the captain, and I have changed my stance on that because I'm a believer that your actions have consequences, and the immaturity that you showed from all angles with this incident tells me that you're not ready to have that sort of responsibility because it's not about, I know a lot of people just want to say it's it, captains don't matter. Like just give it to him because he's the best player. And I understand that, but there is a sense of responsibility that comes from like a media standpoint. And I know he does a lot of work with sick kids and like, he's not a terrible guy, but I'm just a huge believer that, there are consequences to your actions, and the consequence here should be he's not named captain. Yeah, it's, it's of course, something, the first thing that everyone thinks of when it comes to this incident, as soon as it popped up, is the captain C. And it's like, honestly, man, this is a serious conversation, but we have been talking about this for three years. And after hearing about it all day, about the captaincy and who should be captain and will this strip him of the captaincy. Man, I am so over this conversation. It is not even funny. Like, 
why are we wasting our days talking about a letter on a jersey that ultimately means nothing? Yeah, you got to stand out in front of the media. It's an honor to be a Maple Leaf captain because of the greats that came before you. But, like, these guys got to prove more. Like, I don't care about the captaincy, man. I care about these guys going out, having a hell of a year, and showing up in the playoffs. Oh, Ryan, it's I, not- I'm sick of this talk, dude. It's like, just... Just name a guy. Who cares? Well, like, why are we spending every day in a conversation about this? It's it Toronto, doesn't right? matter, man. It doesn't matter. Because it's the Maple Leafs. I'm and so the city tired of, of it. Yeah, it's the Maple Leafs Ugh. and it's the city of Toronto. And there is another it's ridiculous. There's another wrinkle in this. Both Drager and McKenzie said tonight that the Leafs have had the captain in mind for a while, and there was no guarantee that it was going to be Austin Matthews. So. For all intents and purposes, they are still going to hold a press conference at some point in the next few days and announce a captain who, in my opinion, is either going to be Morgan Riley or John Tavares. Yeah, and another, uh, I think it was on the broadcast too, they made a point that now that if they name Morgan Riley or they name John Tavares as captain in the next couple of days, then this story is going to be brought up again and be like, oh, well, did you originally pick Matthews? And now this incident occurred that you pick someone else and they'll be like, no, we've had them and Mom, yeah, had Morgan yeah, in mind right. for months. You're right. Well, that's the thing, right? It's like now if, if this hadn't have happened and they wanted to announce either Morgan or Johnny T, no one would have said that. Right. But now they're going to have to answer questions and maybe even say in a statement Morgan or John was our choice all along. There was there were other people in consideration, but we've always felt and just get it over to the media that this isn't. They're not getting this because Matthews messed up. This is so rep hockey with this captain man. Dude, dude, it's like so, I'm it's so, Toronto so done with it. It's so Toronto Maple Leafs. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, we have to have a ceremony to to anoint the captain. It's like, are you come on? It's a letter. He speaks to the media every day, and he, he's the first one to talk to the refs. Like, it, it's this conversation needs to end, and the Maple Leafs just need to name it because I am so sick and tired of it. Please end. Name somebody. Please, I beg you. And with that note, we will move on from this topic. Um, I'm sure, Ryan, this won't be the last time on the podcast that we're going to talk about this. Um, this is probably going to be a long legal procedure here, so we'll we'll talk about it, like any big developments that come along. But um, it's disappointing for sure, but let's move on to some more positive discussion. I said earlier the Maple Leafs just took two straight preseason games from the Montreal Canadiens. I just want to touch on the Monday night game first because that was essentially an AHL roster out there, and there were three standouts to me in that game michael hutchison who got the start after mikey neuverth said day of he wasn't feeling up to it did you see the video of babcock when he said that about neuverth no no babcock opened and it was so funny i don't know if you listened to the overdrive the overdrive show that day but um babcock opened his press conference and he's just like um, what did he say? He said, um, he called him some sort of ridiculous name. He called him like Noivy or Noiver or Noives or something like some sort of Babcock name for him. He goes, he's not playing. He's not ready to go. And then 
they played that clip on Overdrive, and Noodles is like, there's hatred in his voice. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of and, course. And the next day, it was announced that Michael Neuver's PTO with the Toronto Maple Leafs is officially over because he just said he wasn't feeling up to it, which is pretty ridiculous. So I support. And then, and then Babs goes out and sewers management. I'll be like, that's a management decision. Yeah, I know. Yeah, sure it was, bud. Yeah, unbelievable. I'm sure. I'm sure you were fighting for Noivy in the in the room when you found out he's going to be released. So, um, three standups from that game. Hutchison played well in the net. Uh, Nick Patan had his best game since becoming a Maple Leaf. I thought it was like he. Nick Patan took getting put on that AHL roster personally, and he played like it. And. Mike Babcock's new favorite player, Igor Korchkov, had the big forward from the Marlies, had a terrific game as well. So it's two really positive performances. But we're going to move in to tonight's game because tonight was a dress rehearsal, quite frankly. It was the Maple, the projected Leaf lineup. So, so I'm going to go through the lines that were on the ice for the Leafs tonight. Chime in here with any um, pointers, Ryan, or any thoughts you may have. Tavares, Kapanen, Marner, Matthews, Janssen, Nylander, excuse me, Matthews, Mango, Nylander, Kerfoot, Moore, Mikhaev, Spezza, Freddie the Goat, and Babcock's other favorite player, Dmitry Timoshov. Then on defense, we had Riley and CeCe, Muzzin and Barry, Sandin, Marincin, and Freddie Anderson in the net. So that that is probably their opening night roster, Ryan. Do you not agree? Yeah, well, I give or take maybe a forward or but I think the defense is well, I don't know. You still got Marty out there and Rasmus Sandin being a young guy, he's only one mistake away from Babcock hating him for the rest of his career. I don't so. know. He's been heaping praise on him all camp, just talking about how... Like, I was going to save this for later, but let's get into it now since you brought it up. Rasmus Sandin has been the story of training camp so far from when it comes to the rookies. He has been remarkable, Ryan. This I can't believe that he's 19 years old. I love the way he plays. I love the way he skates. Ferraro pointed out on the broadcast tonight about how he's able to defend with his feet because, like... He's so fast, and he doesn't—he doesn't have to be that physical. He can take the puck away from you, even though he—he he laid a couple of nice hits tonight. He's like—he's not a big guy, five eleven, hundred and eighty-seven pounds, but he just has like the—you hear Lindstrom being thrown around because he's a Swede and because he plays with that sort of calm composure. And I know it's preseason, and we have a a long way to go. We got to see how it happens when the game when the games actually mean something, but. If you're Travis Dermott sitting on the sideline right now and you're watching this guy, you're a little worried that you're starting to slip down the depth chart. Dude, this guy's a Swede. There's something in the water over there with defensemen. Like they, They're all cold-blooded, low-pulse, decision, smart decision-making defensemen who are all smooth. You got... Lindstrom, all-time great. And he, right now you have Hedman, you got Rasmus Dahlin, you got Eric Carlson. The, the list goes on and on. I'm not surprised that this guy is showing some poise. He's not a guy who's going to stay. He's, he hasn't really stood out, 
But if you're not noticing a, a young defenseman on a play-to-play basis, that's a positive. That's a positive. Because one thing you always notice when Jake Gardner was on the ice for one reason. Always doing something stupid. So watching this kid and kind of being like, oh, I haven't really seen San- Sandine tonight, but, but I've seen him make a couple passes. That's a good thing. That means he's doing his job. So I've been a fan of that. Yeah, no, without a doubt. But I, I truly believe that, like, he's he, – I think he's already made the team. Like I said, Babs has been heaping praise on him for weeks. His play has spoke for himself. He he could have been on the Marley team on Monday night. He was not. He was on the big club tonight. He The, the, the O-Dog made an interesting point the other day where normally a rookie defenseman, when they come up, is paired with, like, a veteran. But he's going to be paired with Marty Marinson. So, like, not only is he, is he like, like, he's going to have to carry his veteran defense partner. Like, he's got to bail his defense partner out more often than not, if that's who he's playing. Oh, not, not according to Ray Ferraro, if you're listening tonight. Oh, my God. Marty's just rejuvenated his entire career. I saw a bunch of awful Marty Marinson plays tonight. He's just so awkward to, to watch. Just does not look natural whatsoever. But we'll start with the positives of the game or my positives. I, I like the look of the defense, like not even making plays, just them on the ice and how they look on the ice. I just feel so much better about their defense than I did last year. And people can try to say something about Cody Cece and how in Munch- in Ottawa he was he was brutal, he wasn't that good. When you play for a team that's that bad. I would be horrible too. So I I like him out there with Riley. He's, like, yeah, let's see what he's he can got, do. He's got when he Riley plays the top like, guy. He's got right. Yeah, exactly. He's got Riley as like stability there, right? Exactly. Yeah. But like, sometimes a guy who's not that skilled, if you he sometimes he's the perfect complement to a Morgan Riley. Sometimes putting Barry and Riley together, Barry and Riley are the same players, and Muzzin and Cece are the same players. So why not split them up and put them on two different? pairs and I, I just like the look of it better like to, not seeing Zaitsev on the ice or, or even or Gardner Gardner yeah. or Borgman or Rosen or whoever they've had Callie Rosen Ryan he he was coming Ron in I, I just watching them tonight watching their defense and just how they they made plays and how they were below the goal line in their own zone and remember how last they would handle year, themselves. Remember last year towards the end of the year when Callie Rosen drew into the lineup and their their, their defense was getting turned around. Oh yeah, he was a legend. Yeah. So that that was one positive for me. Another positive was just the the speed. Like they looked. I know it's preseason. They weren't playing a great Montreal team, but. Even Johnny T looked like he was flying tonight. Yeah. Like everyone had the legs going, and I, I I thought that looked really good. And I think that's looked really good in the preseason so far. And then the biggest positive for me is finally Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner on their their shooting sides on the power play. Yes, and it showed tonight. Sir. Marner finds Matthews in at the dot. And he's got the quick. Now he doesn't have the OV slap shot one timer. He could he could work on that a bit. Doesn't have the stammer one timer. But if you can just get him that quick little wrist shot one timer, you could see what he can do. And like the, they, the way they had it set up last year was just ridiculous. You put them on the right sides and boom, one timer. Like go figure. 
yeah. and it's let's see what let's see what other lanes open up. So th- those were the things I really liked tonight. For me, um, I already talked about Sandin. He's my main one. The other one is um, the fourth line. Ryan, Freddie Gauthier is a man possessed. This is the best hockey he's played ever since I've seen him in a Maple Leaf uniform. He, he's he got a, like, I, I don't know if, like, the pressure of, of Spezza being there or, what, or just the fact that they try to replace him has, like, motivated him. But, like, and, and last week I scoffed at Spezza being on the wing. But then I noticed tonight that they're switching, taking the face-offs. I like it. Okay. Okay, I gotta step in because this is actually one of my negatives of the night. Oh, okay, okay. I I'm I agree. The switching of the faceoffs, Babcock already does that with Nylander and Matthews, and Hyman takes draws sometimes on that Tavares line. So I'm okay with two strong guys who can take a draw on both sides, but they need to make up their mind who's playing the wing. Like I'm not having this. If you're the first one back, then you're the centerman, and then the other guy's the winger. And when wherever they are positioned on the ice during the play, that's kind of going to dictate who plays center. That is that's got to stop. Yeah. They got to put yeah. somebody on the well. Wing. Spezza I, is technically the winger. See, I would put Spezza in the middle, and yeah. I'd put the goat on the wing. Let the goat just just skate up one lane on the ice and just use his legs and try to get it on a four check. Does the goat even I, I know think that's how the to perfect... play the wing? Anyone could play the wing, man. Yeah. It's not that hard. It's the easiest position on the ice. He's got to... I'd put the goat on the wing. I'm not having this. We don't know who's playing the... Mid. It's going to It's gonna cause serious confusion. It's going to get ugly well, some I, I games. stand corrected. When, you, when the lineup was submitted tonight, they had Spezza down the middle. So... Freddie the but, Goat but then, was technically the heard, winger tonight. Yeah, but I've heard conflicting or Bab. I think Babcock even said this or somebody reported it that it's kind of just like an open thing on that line. Yeah, I know. I think it's, it's, like position, a hybrid, it's like a hybrid situation. Yeah, it's like if the Goat's back in the zone first, then he's going to go down low and fight for the puck and support the defenseman. And it's like you, you got to put one guy on the wing and put one guy in the middle and just stick with it. Yeah, but uh, nonetheless, I, I like the way Freddie the Goat's playing, and I really like Jason Spezza, and I hope that they can get it figured out and that works out. My other positive observation tonight is I have thus far not been that impressed with Alex Kerfoot. I've thought he's looked kind of like – like he looks uncomfortable and that he's trying to acclimate to a new system, and he, like, he looks like he's struggling. I love that line tonight. Kerfoot, Moore, and Mikhaev. Makayev has got some upside. There's going to be some growing pains, obviously, with being over here now and trying to figure it out. But he's got some upside, and Trevor Moore is fantastic. Oh, dude, that's going to be the sweetheart. He already was at the end of last year, but I feel like he's just going to be the darling of this team all year. He's like he's like cut from the same cloth as like a hymen. But he's a little yeah, more, he's skilled. more skilled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Skilled. Same with Makayev, yeah. man. He's basically Hyman on the ice, just less fast. Yeah, just not as fast. Um, and I, I also like having Kapanen up with um, 
Tavares and Marner, it's going to be interesting when Hyman comes back. We know, because here's the thing, like, obviously, Babs is going to put Hyman um, back in his old spot, because we all know it is well documented how Mike Babcock feels about Zach Hyman. But the, the guy is, is, like, rehabbing from an ACL. So, like, he's not he's not going to have his legs right away, right? So, so well, do you think According Babcock- to... According to everyone else, he was playing on a torn ACL in the playoffs. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have known. It's, well, do you think you think Bab just throws him right back out there on the first line? Hundred yeah. percent. And honestly, yeah, yeah, you, you, I guess you want a little more offense at a Hyman, a guy who can create more of his own offense. But I, I think I after last year, he he deserves to be on that line because he he works a lot better with those two guys than he did with Matthews. Yeah. And yeah, and and the the, ba- the Babcock factor for sure. So that's those are all my observations for tonight, Ryan. Not, not a not a huge long episode tonight. We we've got um, two more preseason games left: Friday and Saturday, home and home with the Detroit Red Wings, and then next Wednesday we will do our next episode of Talking Buds. After the season opener, the Ottawa Senators will be at Scotiabank Arena. I I don't know about you. I'm I'm just, I'm about after watching tonight. I'm ready for the call it on the preseason. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm ready to go. And before we go quickly, your take on the Matthew Kachuk and Braden Point deals. Braden Point signing for three years, six point seven five million with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Matthew Kachuk signing for three years at seven million with the Calgary Flames. Kyle Dubas taking some heat over this. I I don't think Kyle Dubas will ever stop taking heat for the Mitch Martin contract to a to a degree. Even though you watch Martin tonight, again he's fantastic. Yeah, he's phenomenal. But we both said last week, we even think it's an overpay, but not like... Yeah. But uh, I'm of the standpoint where it's like, and I said this last week, it is what it is. I'm just happy that we can just watch the kid now and don't have to think about it anymore. But man, there are some people who are salty when they say deals like that come in. Your thoughts on those deals? Well, everyone's just focused on the AAV number. But there's term involved, there's restricted free agent years, there's unrestricted free agent years involved. I'm not a CBA salary cap aficionado. All I know is Mitch Marner's under control for three more years compared to those guys at a higher AAV. And those other guys are under control for less years at a less AAV. So it's kind of like balancing what's better. It's like these guys, they signed three years for a manageable cap number. So that basically is extending their window of opportunity by another three years. But once that third year's up, oh boy, they might be in for a bigger fight than what Kyle Dubas went through with Mitch Marner because that's three more years of evolution, of young players getting better, of contracts growing. What if Matthew Kachuk and... In three years goes, what's up? I want 12 and a half because that's the standard now. So they are taking a risk with that. But it, it is kind of frustrating because three years isn't a long time for like a hockey career. But for the day-to-day, it's it's a long time. That's like we just went through three seasons with the Leafs with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. And it flew by. But at the same time, it's like they've been – it seems like they've been here for a while. So it's just like kicking the can down the road for a smaller AAV to 
try to win in those three years that you have them, and then you'll worry about it later. But Marner, you're under control longer. It, it, it's just he's overpaid. There's just no two ways about it. But what's the point of being salty about it now? It's over. The kid's phenomenal. Watch him tonight. Ryan, he's phenomenal. That was incredibly well said. I couldn't have said. And you know who's awful? Before we leave, I forgot a negative. Okay, all right. William oh, Nylander, man. dude. But, I can't stand watching that guy play hockey. Ryan, man. it's got listen, it's it's at the point with him where he is what he is. He's Phil Kessel. Like he But he's worse than Kessel. Yeah, yeah, like he's yeah, he he's Phil Kessel without the without the breakaway speed. Yeah, he 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 there is a so, play, he's, there's oh a play tonight where he comes over the Habs blue line and he just puts completely stops moving his feet and starts trying to dangle with a stick and it's just like what are you doing like drive around the guy you got matthews going with you to the net like what are you doing like yeah like i get the preseason thing yeah but there were guys going hard to the net tonight casper and tried to cut towards the net like four times more so it's like don't give me that yeah I- and then and then i heard a stat on the broadcast that just made me want to <laughs> throw up william nylander led all players or all Maple Leafs in the first two periods of controlled zone entries. Oh, that right. Do you have any idea how many? <laughs> right. It's okay because none of the people who care about that stat probably listen to five minutes. Anyone who cares about controlled zone entries probably listened to five minutes of talking buds and was like, I can't listen to these two. Like, dude, that is. So, so it's perfect. Oh. So it, we can just go off on that because no one who cares about it is listening. It's like, come who on. Cared? I know. Like, it's like, who cool. Cares? You got yeah. it in the zone, yeah, but I know. he gets I know. to the hash mark and he turns around and gives the puck away every time. Just the so- biggest dork stat of all time. Does not like, wow. Like, it's really great that you can control the puck over into the opposing team's zone. But it's like, yeah. how many, how many goals did it result in tonight for William Nylander? None. How many, like, great, like, yeah, he makes the odd nice pass, but, man, he is just a watcher out there. and Just watches everything. Just a spectator. There is a segment of the population who just vehemently disagrees with us. Like, I don't care. They're dumb. It's unbelievable to me, like, when I see it. Like, you, Nylander angers you more than he angers me, but I I still am in agreement with you. Like, he's not, like... I just don't see like a blood, sweat, and tears guy yeah. out there. And everyone who's it's, listening to this side is going like, "Hey, chill, it's the preseason." It's like we're not talking about tonight. We're talking about in general. And it's like, do you everything you saw tonight with William William Nylander is exactly what you're going to see in Game One or Game it's Seven not change. of the first round this year? It's exactly yeah, it's not going to change, gonna man. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, oh, yeah. If you are watching William Nylander on a show, we started this podcast last year, but anyone who knows me very well knows I was one of the biggest Phil Kessel haters there ever was when he was a Leaf. I couldn't stand watching the guy play hockey and they were an awful team. So he was the best player. So he's kind of liked by default by some people, but just guys like that, there's, there's probably a bunch of them around the league guys who have a lot of skill, who can score when they have an opportunity. But 
dude, I notice everything else. I don't, I, I notice the breakaways and the nice shots, but I notice I'm watching him every second he's on the ice and I am never impressed. No, I'm always wanting more. To me, it's just, a lack, it's just the lack of, of, um, intensity. Like you see Martyr tonight, gets the puck, drives to the net, flying around guys, like deacon through guys, one shot, gets it back, two shots, like just like, and Nylander, he gets the puck, he stopped skating, he's dangling around, he's trying to, he shoots it right into the goalie's chest. Like it's just, it's it's really, really frustrating to watch the guy. I, I'm with yeah. you on that. Like I said, like I don't hate the guy. Like I'm of like a, he is what he is opinion. And quite frankly, if, if, if the Leafs have another disappointing season and they got to make changes, he's the one that needs to be worried because he has the most tradable contract of any of the stars. But I just like, yeah, I, it is, it, it is what it is. You're not going to get anything else from the guy. Like I'm no longer waiting to see William Nylander go to another gear. There is no another gear. He'll get his goals this year. I do believe he'll have a better year this year than he did last year, but there, there is no other gear. Like Marner has another gear. Matthews has another gear. I don't think William Nylander has another gear. No, no, he doesn't. And I'm on him early. Yeah. It hasn't even been like, season hasn't even started we're, yet. I'm already on we're a him. week away from the season officially starting. And he's already in your doghouse. I am watching that guy every second that the camera can see what he's doing on the ice. Even if he doesn't have the puck, I am watching him. Don't don't worry, Ryan. Because I'm not fooled by this zone entry crap. Do do they keep the stat on how many times he turns the puck over at the hash marks once he gets in the zone? I want to know what that stat is. Do they keep the stat on if anyone leans on him at all, he just wilts and they take the puck away from him? Yeah, or the amount of times his feet are not moving and he's just staring at whatever's going on and not supporting and not helping and not trying and not giving it his all. Or, Ryan, it's like, startling. It's startling on. the amount of the population and fan base that does care about the zone entries. It's startling. Well, you know what? I, those people, I seriously disagree, and we can argue anytime because all you got to do is just watch the guy. He's terrible. Anyways, this turned into the William Nylander bash fest. I don't care. I I just like I I'm not I'm tired of excusing some of these guys. Yeah, like they're not young anymore. No. They've been around for a couple years. Yeah. They're all making big money. I'm done. There's so many other players on other teams who are always in it every night, working hard, making the same money he is, and. At least it, their offense might not come, but at least you can see what they're doing without the puck or even forechecking or with the puck. So I'm not I, I'm not gonna be a nice guy to William Nylander because he's a Maple Leaf and people don't want me to be negative. I I'm I watch other teams play. I watch him play. I compare him to other best players around the league, and he is just not there, and he's never going to be there. And I hope I am wrong, but I don't think I am. Yeah, I um, you your your point is well taken and is extremely valid, Ryan. There is no two ways about that. Anyways, hi. We will wrap it up. The next time we are we will come at you with talking buds is after game one next Wednesday, Ryan. I am so ready. Let's get the season going. I am tired of watching the preseason. 
preseason is just like tonight. It's like uh, they played so well tonight, and you're like, ah, eh, yeah, whatever, yeah, 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 whatever, cool. So with that, we're gonna sign off, Ryan. I will see you next Wednesday, buddy. All right, buddy. Here we go. Fresh faces, new Maple Leafs. Same Babcock. Same. Let's go. Good pro behind the bench. Yeah. yeah. Another ride. Another journey. I know. The grind is about to begin. Are you ready? Uh, another 82 Ooh, yeah, oh, on yeah, the buddy. couch. Yeah, 82. Drinking beers. Oh, yeah. 82 on the couch with Bud Light. And feed bags. Oh, yeah. And wheels. Oh, and yeah. Chippies. Chippies. And snacks. Yep. And... Oh. 82 on the couch with a Bud Light, a wheel, some Doritos, maybe a bowl of ice cream later. I can't wait for that 8 o'clock Wednesday nighter against the Hurricanes in Carolina. Oh, I know, and you're just sitting there Woo! like, oh boy. And the Leafs give up 30 shots in the first period. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for those ones, yeah, buddy. Yeah, you're just sitting there the whole time like, oh, boy, this is good. Yeah. All right, bud, that's enough. I'll see you next week. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.